What's up, future PTAs? I have a quick announcement to make before we get started with today's episode. On Sunday, October 23rd at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, we will be hosting a free masterclass webinar to help give students the blueprint they'll need to take all of the stress and anxiety out of setting for the boards and to provide students with the structural they'll need to absolutely crush the NPTE. Sign up for free down on the link in the show notes below. Now on to the show. All right, guys, today we're going to be going over osteomyelitis. This is a condition that might show up on the exam when it comes to infections and pathogens and all of that stuff. So it's good to kind of know what it is, where it ends up, and what causes it. So let's get into it. Oop, I skipped one too far ahead. So the anatomy associated with this, it's most commonly going to present in the vertebral column or parts of the spine in adults. So if we're thinking osteomyelitis location, adults, it's going to be in the back. Like lumbar spine is probably the most common area. We can see this in this individual here. I believe this is his like L3, L4. And so that definitely does not look good. This is the infection of the bone marrow. So that's important to know when it comes to what the heck is osteomyelitis. As we break it down, osteo being bone, my is a different, it could be, you know, nerve, but it's actually in reference to the bone marrow. In this case, some of those nerve roots, I mean, some of those ward roots are weird, um, but this is an inflammation of the bone, I mean, infection of the bone marrow, which is also going to cause inflammation. So that's what we're seeing here. All of this inflammation secondary to infection. In children, osteomyelitis is going to present in the extremities, so the like femur, um, humerus, ulna kind of stuff. That's kind of mainly where it shows up. But with the boards, they're only, mostly going to ask about an adult with osteomyelitis. That's most commonly presenting in the spine, lumbar, vertebrae. So what is going on? The important thing, and this is super, super, super important. So just remember this, guys. Osteomyelitis is caused by the Staphylococcus aureus bacterial infection. So this is a type of staph infection. How is this happening? Primary osteomyelitis. Remember, primary means that nothing else is causing it. It's appearing on its own. This is where an infection of the staph infection happens at the site that's currently infected. So it hasn't migrated from somewhere else. It is happening at the site. So let's say you had, um, you have osteomyelitis and it, the bacteria went straight to your spine. You got it at the spine and that's the only thing that's really infected right now. And it's only in the spine because it started in the spine. That would be primary osteomyelitis. Same thing with like, you know, primary osteoarthritis. It just appears like in your knee or something like that. Secondary would be, let's say you had trauma to the knee and you developed osteoarthritis. Remember, secondary always means something else caused it. So in the case of secondary osteomyelitis, this means that something else somewhere else in the body has caused this. So the infection comes from another site in the body somewhere else. Like nine times out of 10, it's going to be sepsis. Remember, that's an infection of the bloodstream and that's going to be coming from like somewhere that is like bloodstream kind of thing uh, because remember bone marrow that's where all of the blood is formed and everything all of our red blood cells are formed it's going through the bloodstream it's very very close to the bloodstream it's very easy for blood to end up bringing some sort of pathogen that way in this case it ends up being the staphylococcus aureus infection um and so other causes of this could be like a nearby wound let's say it's like a, a 
diabetic ulcer or a pressure sore near the back or something like that, that ends up getting infected as a staph infection. And that could, you know, travel over to the spine or something like that. Recent surgery can also increase risk. So remember every time that we break the skin, whether it be we have an abrasion, a burn, a cut, a laceration, a ulcer, something like that, even surgery, we increase our risk of infection. So this is why we really wanna make sure that we're maintaining sterile field when we're uh, dealing with anybody who's got any sort of open wound, because as long as we maintain our sterile field we're, field, we're decreasing the risk of infection, which could cause other complications such as osteomyelitis. So we don't wanna do that. Um, so what does it look like? This is one of our staph infection wounds. This one is also another picture of this. If you're listening to this on the podcast, check out the YouTube so you can see these pictures, but it's pretty gross looking, it's not good. So what does osteomyelitis look like? So essentially what it's gonna present as initially is pain. So that's why with patients who come in with low back pain, this is why we have to make sure a PTU, somebody who's got a lot of training in this, or even somebody with direct access, a lot of training with that, they really understand, are, is this just regular spinal stenosis or is this something more sinister such as an osteomyelitis infection of the bone? So that's why pain initially will present wherever the location is. So let's say it's the back, it's back pain. Um, fever, chills, because remember it's an infection, the body's gonna activate that fever, chill, like immune response to help um, get rid of all the bacteria, erase your blood, temp I mean, your body temperature to get rid of the infection and kill off the infection. So we'll see fever and chills. Um, a visible wound is another thing that we would commonly see, especially um, when it comes to like the secondary type of osteomyelitis. So this is an example of a staph infection wound. So if the staph bacteria just get through the skin, then we're having lots of problems. And that's why we got to be really careful that we're not letting any infections in. Uh, edema and erythema. So again, redness and swelling at the area, which makes sense. It's an infection. These are our, you know, five cardinal signs of infection, like this, the redness, swelling, all that stuff, warm, our five cardinal signs. And then um, other comorbidities that will increase the risk of an individual developing osteomyelitis is um, diabetes mellitus is the big one because remember with diabetes, first of all, you're more likely to get a neuropathic ulcer because you don't know that like your sock is rubbing on your shoe and like it's opening everything up, not good at all. So you're less likely to notice you're even getting a wound because of decreased sensation, especially in the periphery, which that can still let in a staph infection, not good. Um, and then also remember with diabetes mellitus, because they end up having lots of poor uh, effusion to uh, the blood to, or perfusion of the blood to the tissues, they have very poorly healing wounds. So if a wound is not healing, that means that it's still open to the environment, more susceptible for infection. We don't want that at all. So again, most of these board questions, if they're talking about like, oh, like the patient has a cut, like what's the worst case scenario? Well, they could die from sepsis. <laughs> like we really want to make sure that we're watching for skin breakdown anywhere. Like that's a big one, especially with like amputees and stuff. Not to go on a tangent, but just kind of highlighting some important things the boards want you to know. Anybody with an autoimmune disorder, again, poorly, like poor ability to fight off infection, could let the staph infection go rampant, not good at all. Um, and then sickle cell anemia. And that's just due to the fact that we got lots of problems with blood and stuff like that. So again, poor perfusion to the tissues, less chance of, uh, blood cells getting to where they need to go, especially white blood cells to fight off infection with the sickle cell anemia. So basically what does it look like? It's gross. It doesn't look good and everything's kind of not going well. It's a staph infection that ends up infecting the bone. So think of that 
it's just a staph infection, all of the cardinal signs of an infection. And then as we get into whatever part it is, that part is painful. So like a little back pain. How are we treating it? So we're not treating this. This is a medical emergency. We got to get them immediate medical attention with antibiotics because antibiotics are the only thing that are going to kill off the staph infection. And um, yeah, and some of these staph bacteria and strep bacteria are immune to it. So great. That's how we get MRSA resistant. Take your antibiotics all the way through guys. Make sure you do. Then you get a staph infection and then it won't go away. So don't do that. Um, so again, antibiotics are the way that we're going to treat this because it's a bacteria. How do we kill a bacteria? We give them antibiotics. Um, once the patient has been stabilized by the proper, you know, medical groups that are not us PTAs chilling in the clinic um, and the infection has been eliminated, we'll begin a general strength and conditioning program. Um, and then just being cautious that we're not going to, you know, open up a wound or something like that, blah, blah, blah. Um, if the patient still has an active infection, obviously we want to keep moving our patients to decrease risks of, you know, immobilization with all of the stuff that comes with immobilization, such as DVTs or pressure ulcers. So if we're um, moving them around and they have an active infection, we're wearing universal precautions, everything's on, everything is on. They got a staph infection where, you know, gloves, gown, goggles, face shield, mask, everything. We're making sure that we're not gonna get this infection because that's nasty. Um, and then obviously all of our precautions for wounds and infections are still in place. So we wouldn't put a heat on this patient because it would just make the infection worse, make it balloon pretty much wherever the site is. Don't put them in a pool because they have an open wound, open sore, not good. We don't want that in the pool. And then just kind of understanding like positioning, tolerance, all of that stuff, watching hand placement that we're not going to open up a wound or something like that, or move them in a position that's going to stretch the skin, open the wound up further. So just being careful with this patient. All right, biggest things understanding for osteomyelitis, Staphylococcus aureus infection is the bacteria that is going to cause osteomyelitis. Um, it's gonna present in the spine for adults or lumbar region, it's most common, and then the extremities in children. Sepsis is essentially what could also cause this. So understanding that if it's coming from a secondary location, it is secondary osteomyelitis. So if it's coming through the blood as sepsis, that would be a secondary type of osteomyelitis. Um, an open, poorly healing wound. Again, that's also associated with diabetes mellitus. These are all risk factors of developing this. Again, anytime you break the skin, put the patient at risk for infection, that should be like the big like red flag. Let's make sure let's not get our patient an infection. And then fever, chills, obviously are signs of infection. So we got to make sure if we're seeing that, then we're like, uh-oh, this isn't good. So he, uh, sample question, guys, a physical therapist assistant is treating a 65-year-old patient diagnosed with osteomyelitis. Which of the following locations would the infection most likely present in? One, epiphysis of the femur. Two, head of the humerus. Three, fourth lumbar vertebrae. Four, four lateral malleolus. So I'll give you guys a second to think about that. All right, guys, so our answers are fourth lumbar vertebrae. So if you've been paying attention to this lecture, this one should have been pretty easy to get. Again, with adults, this is a 65-year-old patient, most likely to present in the spine. With children, it could have been any of these other locations in the extremities, but this is a 65-year-old patient. It's an adult, so most likely to present in the spine. Again, the questions for osteomyelitis are more along the lines of how would we treat it, obviously, with antibiotics. That's the mechanism of 
of um, you know, the pathology of the disease. What bacteria is it? It's Staphylococcus aureus. Remember, let's make sure we know our difference between our different types of bacteria. Like what does E. coli do? What does H. pylori do? What does C. diff do? What is a strep infection versus a staph infection? Let's just make sure we're aware of those and like what conditions are caused by which bacteria. So again, this is pretty much what the last on this. So I hope that this was helpful and you, and you guys uh, breaking down osteomyelitis and I will see you guys in the next one. Take care. Thank you for listening to this episode of the PTA Elevation Podcast. We look forward to continually serving you as you embark on your journey towards becoming a licensed physical therapist assistant. We thank you for your continued support and we'll see you in the next episode.